Well, as you can see, the title of my message today, it is written. And we're going to start out in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13, and go through chapter 4, verses 11. It's talking about the baptism of Jesus. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering him said unto him, Suffer be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. The word of God for the children of God, and all of God's children said, Amen. This, this scripture here, just, it just blows my mind how the enemy keeps just coming after the King of glory. But you notice how Jesus overcome the enemy. Every single time he quoted scripture at him, it is written, it is written. And see, that, that just shows me that in our lives when we're having struggles and we feel like the enemy's coming at us every day, we can remember what God's promises are, remember the scriptures. Sometimes you can just say them out loud to remind yourself, it is written, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I mean, you got, that's why you need to get into the word. Need to get into your Bible and read your scriptures, the New Testament especially, and that way you'll you'll know the word. And when the enemy comes at you, you you can quote scripture at him, and he'll flee because it is written. But see, the enemy likes to take the scripture and he likes to twist it too. Did God say just like he did to Adam and Eve in the garden? And see, Jesus went through this same thing. But you, if you look at it, Jesus went in the wilderness for forty days and forty nights. And he was at his weakest point. And then the enemy came. But if you look at Adam and Eve, they were not weak. They were not at their weakest point. God said, you could have everything in this garden, everything, except this one tree. And the enemy came and enticed them. They were full. They had everything they needed. But that one thing, God told them not. The enemy would go there and say, hey, did God really say He'd always try to twist God's word. But they didn't stand firm on what God had told them. Like Jesus did. But Jesus was at his weakest spot. 
when Satan came to him to tempt him. And Jesus always requ required, or quoted the scriptures. It is written. Now I want to go to the scriptures that, where he was quoting that because a lot of people don't know this. It's in the book of Deuteronomy. And we'll go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Actually, we'll start at chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 3. And this is where Jesus got this scripture. Of course, Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. He knows the Bible front, front and back, back and forth. He knows it all. He, he's the author and the finisher of it. But uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doeth man live. And see that scripture right there, Jesus overcome the enemy with that verse. If thou be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Okay, and then, and then when he said, what, what was the next thing he said? That he would uh, jump off this pinnacle up here and if God will catch you and stop you before you die. Because the scripture says in Psalm 91, he'd give his angels charge over you to protect you in all your ways. At least you dash your foot against the ground. And see, Satan knows the scripture too. He knows how to twist it. But Jesus quoted this scripture right here, Deuteronomy 6, 16, I believe it is. Deuteronomy 6.16, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Messiah. And see, so right there, there's another perfect example of Jesus using the word to overcome the enemy, reminding the enemy, letting him know that God's word always overcomes the evil that's coming against you. We all got to remember this stuff here. That when you're down in your weakest point and you feel like the enemy's trying to kill you and your kids, Quote the word at him. Speak the word. Use that authority Jesus has given you that Jesus paid for so dearly with his blood. He has given us authority to walk over the enemy. Not let the enemy destroy us and destroy our families like so many of us let it, let it happen sometimes. And it's not that we do it intentionally. It's that we just don't know better. We're kind of ignorant of the things of God sometimes. And that's why Jesus said, Seek ye, learn of me. Come and learn of me. Get into my word. Let my word get into you. That way when the enemy comes at you, you, you can rebuke him in Jesus' name and you know exactly the scams and the schemes that he plays to come in and try to destroy you. What was that next scripture he said? If you will uh, bow down and worship me, you can have all these kingdoms. And what did Jesus tell him? Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. It is written, Deuteronomy 6, 13 through 14. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and serve him, and shall swear by his name. You shall not go after other gods, for the gods of the people which are around about you. For the Lord, thy, I'm going to read verse 15. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, least the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee, and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. You see, that's when people come after these false gods that are everywhere. I mean, people are horoscopes, sorcery, mind readers, or fortune tellers. All this stuff is not of God. And God warned us in Deuteronomy 18 to beware of these things because they will pull you away from the living and true God. And you can get mixed up in your life. You have all these 
false doctrines coming at you and, and you got one truth. There's one truth. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So if you keep your eyes focused on Jesus, when all these lies bombard you from the outside and try to get, distract you from God, because the enemy's going to do it. He wants you to take your focus off what God's got you called for you and your family. He wants to get you distracted and going off in a different direction. And I know this from my own experience. You know, but if we stay connected, stay connected with Jesus, no matter what, because we are going to have hard times. We are going to get beat down, but you just keep your focus on Jesus and, and His Word. That's why it's so important that you know His Word yourself. That way when people say, well, God says this, if you've got that Word in your heart, you'll say, no, He didn't. God did not say that. But there's a lot of things that are in this Word that the enemy says that people will quote at you saying it was God. But no, that was the enemy talking. See, so you, you'll know the difference if you get in the Word and let the Word get into you. That's where we need this Holy Spirit. It is written that we'll be overcomers if we put our trust in Jesus Christ. The Word of God is the sword. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. That's what it says in Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Ephesians chapter 6 says the, the Word of God is our sword. And so Jesus was using that sword against the enemy. He was using the Word. Of course, Jesus is God in the flesh, so... He knows what to do, but he was doing this to show us, his children, how to overcome the evil that comes against us. Get the word in you. Get the word in you. Get the Holy Spirit in you that will bring that word to your remembrance. Anytime the enemy comes attacking you or your family or your friends. I know, and people might think we're crazy, and they probably do, but I would rather be crazy for Jesus than crazy about something else, about a lie. I would rather be crazy, people thinking I'm crazy, a fanatic about the truth than a fanatic about some other lie from the world. And I don't want to pick on no religions, and I'm not going to. But there's only one way to God. One way. That's through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. Any other way you hear is a lie. And God is so faithful and loving. He did all the work for us. It's not like we have to live up to the Ten Commandments and do, live the perfect life. No, Jesus said, bring your mess to me. Your brokenness, everything that you've got going on in your life, I want it all, bring it to me. And we'll work on it one thing at a time. And pretty soon, you get this in the mindset that I, 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 can't, I, I don't have to be perfect because God is perfect. But He's working on me that one of these days I will reach that perfection. But I'll tell you what, it's not going to be in this lifetime. It's going to be in the next lifetime. Whenever we get our new bodies, we will be perfected. And as Jesus is, so shall we be. These are promises of God's Word. It is written that we're going to be just like Jesus. We're going to get new bodies. We're going to be glorified. Where death will have no more hold over us. Sickness won't be there will be made whole. The scriptures will be completely fulfilled in us and his children. And that's why it's so important as God's children to show this love to the broken world around us. Because we're just as broken as they are, but we know the one who fixes us. We know the healer. We know the redeemer. 
one preacher said it like this. It's like a beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. Because Jesus is the bread of life. He's that bread that come down from heaven that you can eat of him and never hunger again. You'll never thirst again for righteousness. And the scripture says in Isaiah that the, the Lord is our righteousness. So he came and he poured out everything for us. That way, when God looks at us, they, he sees his son, Jesus, because we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's so important. I mean, without the shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness of sins. That's what the scripture says. And the blood of goats and bulls cannot ever forgive the sin of man. It was a picture, a display of things to come. And Jesus came, and the enemy tried to stop him. He tried to work, work him with the earthly uh, glories, earthly things, earthly kingdoms and stuff. But Jesus didn't have no, one, no part of it. And what I think is really funny is how Satan said right here, And he said, all these things will I give unto thee if, I, if you will fall down and worship me. Give everything to God that he created. I mean, how arrogant is that of the devil? But what he was talking about is when Adam and Eve gave Satan the authority in the garden. Satan had all authority over mankind in the garden because they gave him that authority. When they listened to him, when he said, did God not say, did God really say that if thou will eat of this fruit that you will die? And they listened to him and they ate of the fruit and they died. So they gave Satan that, that authority over mankind. So God became flesh. Jesus Christ became a man. And he took that authority back right there when he said, it is written, get thee behind me, get thee under my feet. And then he gave it to us when he went to the cross. When he went to the cross and he poured out his blood and they whipped him and they shredded him like you couldn't even recognize him. He was unrecognizable. Brutally beat. Then they nailed him to the cross. And they stabbed him in the side after he was already dead and water and blood flowed out. Paid for the sins of all mankind. Forever, once and for all what the scripture says once and for all and he gives us weapons his word his holy spirit and he's teaching us right here how to overcome the evil that comes against us the scripture the word of god let's go there ephesians chapter 6 He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. This is verse 10. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. Good news of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and right here, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
Now, in a, excuse me, I went blank there for a minute. Ephesians chapter, uh, or where did it say go there? Okay, here we go. Hebrews. Yeah, Hebrews 4.12. I'm going to go there real quick. Sorry, I went brain dead for a second. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow. It is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God, the sword of the spirit. So it's so important. And I know a lot of people's like, well, you know, I really don't have time to, I'm so busy in my life, I ain't got time to sit down and really read God's word, you know. But, you know, sometimes you've got to make time. Sometimes you're just going to have to make time. And even if it's 10, 15 minutes, and you know what, you don't have to sit down and read it. You can put something in that someone reads it to you. But as long as you're getting into the word, even music, Something where you get that word in you every day. These devotionals that we have out here is an excellent way to get that word in you every day. And it only takes 15 minutes to go through, to read that, to read the scripture. And then and you got that word in you, the sword of the spirit where you can start your day. And anything the enemy throws at you, you can say it's written. And overcome the evil with God's goodness. It's very important. I mean, I see in the world today that our world's lacking this. The world is lacking the Word of God. And we see all these wars and rumors of wars, and we see people fighting in these colleges. They're lacking the Spirit of the living God. And that's why we're in a spiritual warfare. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. These people are ran by the wrong spirits. It's obvious. I mean, how can you sit there and call evil good unless you're not controlled by the wrong spirit? It's very obvious. Very obvious. But until you're born again, you don't get this stuff. You go to try to do this in the flesh, you ain't never going to be able to do it. None of us can be good enough. We just can't. But when we walk in the spirit, we walk in God's word, let the God's word live in us and through us to love the unlovable, to forgive the unforgivable. Jesus did it. He gives us this example. Everything Jesus did, He was showing us how to do this. And we can't do it in our own strength. Jesus told His disciples, without me, you can do nothing. So without His Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. And that's why the very first thing you need to do, especially if you're not understanding nothing I'm saying, you need to ask Jesus in your heart. And He will... Open your mind and open your eyes to His truth. I don't know how it works. I just know that's how it works. I just know it's how it works because I didn't understand God's Word. I thought, man, this is boring stuff. I mean, get over here and the begot, He begot this and He begot that. And you get in these long chapters and verses, you're like, this stuff is boring and annoying. But when you get born again, you hunger after this word. This is the bread of life. Jesus is that bread of life. He is that word that became flesh. That's why Jesus knew 
People probably thought, well, he probably been studying that word all his life. Jesus was the word, is the word, made flesh. He, he's the author of this word, his Holy Spirit is. And I can prove that over and over again. So it's very important. Never cast your Bible to the side. Never think this word, this is the most important word in the whole world. This will bring peace to the nations. If they would just do it. Ask God in their lives and he will do it. Because in our own work, in our own strength, we don't know what peace is. We don't know what calmness is. I mean, I'm speaking my own, from my own experiences. When I get into myself and, and I, I, I'm not walking in the Spirit, I can get so uptight and anxious and angry. And I don't know, have you ever done that? Where you just wake up and you're not in God's Word and you don't even care. You just you see what's going on in the world and you're and all this madness going on and people hating on each other and wars and rumors of wars and it's everywhere you look, you know. That's when you gotta stop and say to your spirit, peace be still. Jesus, I need that peace that you only got, that you will give me through your Holy Spirit. And I need that wisdom that comes along with it. Because God's wisdom is way better than man's wisdom. Now, I'm going to finish here. Malachi chapter 3. You know, when Jesus got baptized and he came up to John and, and John said, you should be baptizing me. And Jesus said, no, we must do this to fulfill all righteousness. This was written. He says, behold, this was at 430 B.C. 430 years before the birth of Christ. He said, Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom you shall, the, Lord, the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. And that's exactly what happened at the baptism of Jesus Christ. The heavens opened up. And the Spirit ascended into the temple of God. Jesus is that temple. And the Spirit came into his temple. And he said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So that's the fulfilling of that prophecy right there. And so we can rest at ease in our life knowing that God is in his temple, his holy temple. He's called you to be his temples. Each one of you are a temple of the living God. You are his ambassadors on this earth. You're the one he chose to love the people around you, to show, point them to the truth. And it's, it's a very honorable responsibility. It's something we ought to take privilege in and be glad that God chose you from the foundations of the world. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it is written that you love us so much you gave us everything. Lord, help us to walk in this love and help us to love our neighbors as you have loved us. In Jesus' holy name. Amen.